I feel like I want to bring back around because Ian and I started this conversation and then everybody joined and I kind of forgot about it. But we, I was trying to decipher Ian's first gamer tag. If we have, do you do you have like hints or something you can give us? Because I don't. Is it something oh, we could guess or it? do you just? It's a. I don't even know what it it's is. A, no, no do one does. It's a. Oh. Well, the it's the name and then number three numbers. The name is a character from Red versus Blue. Ooh, all right, uh, Sarge. Yeah. Aha! It's the only character I remember from Red versus Blue. <laughs> you got, you remember the right one. So it's a name, and then how many numbers? Three. Three numbers. Yeah. Four six nine. Close. Four two zero. Six nine four. No. Brian's the closest. Six nine three. Lower. Two. Six nine two. Six, six nine, nine zero. One. I feel like we're playing that six game. Six ninety. It's close to the devil's number. Six nine six. Six six four. Six, really six, close. Six six three. L- less close. I don't <laughs> fucking. My God, we're guessing numbers right now. <laughs> I know, and you almost have all of them. <laughs> six six seven. Closer but lower. Six six five. Yeah. Sorry, then... six six five. And one time I was playing Halo 2 in Big Team Battle, and this guy got real pissed at me. So he sent me a recorded message on Xbox Live saying how, oh, 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 you fucking tough guy with the, oh, it's almost the devil's number. Blah, blah, blah. I was in the military. I think I'm a big deal. And I was like, the fuck's this guy talking about? <laughs> He's just giving me all this shit. He assumed I was in the military because of the Sarge. Just because of Sarge. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like 13 or something, so <laughs> if you heard my voice at any point, it's very clear I am not in the military. <laughs> Was that your first uh, rage uh, message but from someone? someone? Yeah, directly sent to me, yeah. <laughs> oh, the early days of Xbox. I kept that one. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Brian Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is someone who is powered by red, red energy as an agent of chaos, if you will, Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And next, he's here to eat dinner and talk about movies, and he's all out of dinner. Josh Zorch. I wish that were true, because I'm really hungry. <laughs> dinner will be coming at some point in the middle of this discussion. <laughs> Uh, and he's returned to streaming to scare up some rare achievements, Mike Bradley. I mean, that's accurate. <laughs> I mean, I can't say be- I can't say it better than you just did. So I'm, thank you. Mm-hmm. Give out the Twitch link. <laughs> uh, Plug I yourself. Mean, it's rare achievements. There you go. I mean, it's easy it, to remember. It, it, rare you, achievements. Did you, just, did you just tell someone to plug themselves? Yes. Pretty sure that's an insult. <laughs> go <laughs> plug yourself. That's that's not the way it is intended. That's <laughs> kind of how I meant it. <laughs> I feel like that, that's that's like a way that Borat would misinterpret <laughs> an insult and use it. Why is that, that in Borat too? <laughs> it it so. might be. 
Uh, and finally, returning from his honeymoon with his body pillow wife, Ian Leidick. There you go, Astro Boy, on your fighting stage. Rocket high through the sky, fly adventures you will face. Astro Boy, bomb away onto your mission today. In the English version of Astro Boy, they added on that theme song to the original anime. The Japanese version didn't have it. The Japanese liked it so much, they added it back in when they re-aired it in Japan. <laughs> That's your first Astro fact. So the thing is, I can't <laughs> tell if you just made that song up just now or if that's an actual thing that exists somewhere. That is very real. Just search Astro Boy opening. Okay. I will have to I'm do that. I'm impressed. Good start. Astro Boy fact number two in Japan. <laughs> it's called Mighty Adam. Oh, okay. I, all right, uh, so keep trying. I don't know what I don't know what your outline says, but maybe you just want to throw the first like ten minutes to Ian. But believe me, <laughs> I have very little in my outline, so <laughs> I expect him to just take over at some point. Uh, so yeah, welcome to our fourth episode for Rewind Theater. Uh, if you're new here, Rewind Theater episodes are something we're trying to do uh, here and there. Uh, they're more of an excuse for us to revisit some old comic book movies. Um, you know, I say quote-unquote old, even though our last two movies were released two years ago and six months ago. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, the best part, the chosen movie for each episode is not decided by us. No, no, the decision-making power is left to the Wheel of Fate. Wheel of Fate! Wheel, 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 wheel. <laughs> the, the Wheel always features four one-off standalone movies and two franchises as possible selections. So when an option is taken off the board, we replace it with another from our large list of movies that we've compiled. Uh, so stick around to the end of the episode where we'll spin the wheel to see what we're watching next. Uh, our movie for this episode is 2009's Astro Boy, which I'm not very familiar with the source material, so I feel like Ian will at some point just take over because I'm sure he knows a lot more about this than I do. Um, Astro Boy fact number three. <laughs> some people consider it the original anime, which is false. Originally, there were many um, anime movies made before this, and there was actually a, a anime television series, just one, made before Astro Boy came out, which the creator of Astro Boy, which is Astro Fact Number 4, Osama Tezuka, worked on. So wait, is, is this an anime or a manga? Is there a difference? Because maybe this is my... Hey, manga is printed, I think, and then... Yeah, it's a comic is... book. It start, it's okay. a Japanese comic book. It's, he wrote it as a comic book, and then it became an anime a couple years into its run because it was so popular. Okay. And Astro Fact number five, one of the first anime to heavily lean into merchandising, which is why it got so popular because kids wanted to buy all the Astro merch they could. So if if I may ask, do you have what is your total number of Astro Facts? Do you even have a number, or are you just going... I wasn't good. I didn't plan on numbering them until I started numbering them. <laughs> I'm just wondering if we're just like right at the tip of the iceberg, or if we're like at halfway there. <laughs> we'll see. You're gonna lose track of your numbering if you didn't do it in advance. <laughs> I'm writing them down when I say them now. <laughs> uh, all right. So the film we watched was directed by David Bowers, who also directed Flushed Away. Uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roderick Rules, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dog Days, and Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. Uh, the film features voices from Freddie Highmore, Nicolas Cage, Donald Sutherland, Nathan Lane, Kristen Bell, Eugene Levy, and a very, very brief narration by Charlize Theron. Uh, we'll start with you guys. Any guesses what the film's budget is? $30 million. All right, we have $30 million. Thirty-six million. Thirty-six. Thirty-seven. 
Fuck. <laughs> 25. All right, who had... 37 was the highest, correct? Yeah. 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 All right, Josh was the You're closest. not going to... You better not say three numbers. <laughs> it was $65 million. Okay. Wow. Any wow, guesses that. what the worldwide box office total for this movie is? 36. What year was Four it? Or less. It was 2000, 2009. Nine. Do you expect higher or lower than the budget? $36 million. Low, I, I know. The budget. I, I'd say 52. World, worldwide, I will say higher. Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. Much. Worldwide is the thing there. U.S. would be lower, but far lower. But yeah, I'm gonna say I'll, I'll, I'll say higher than 65, but I'll, not not a whole lot. I'll stick with 52. Andy, I'm gonna guess 70. Okay, Ian, you were what 36? Yeah. You said you knew that. Did you look that well, up? Well, I know. No, I know that because of what happened to the studio, which is Astro Fact Number Seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Maji Studios, based in Hong Kong, once again another Chinese production studio involved with these films, closed due to the, this movie not doing well, and they made the 2007 TMNT movie. Oh, I like that movie too. Yeah, and this movie caused them to shut oh. the studio down because of its financial failure. Yeah, the number I saw in Box Office Mojo was a little bit higher than that. It said 39.9, so it was just under 40. So I'm yeah, going to give him that extra $4 million just for, for the sake of argument. But, yeah, it was it was not faces, good. Guys. It was under $20 million for the U.S. <laughs> box office. And then it didn't even make, it just made just over 20 for international. So it did not do well. Um, and maybe I'll just start with Andy. Uh, first time viewing or rewatch? You. you know what? Um, I was watching it, and I'm like, I think this happens next. And I think I, I think I did watch it once before, but it was <laughs> it was mostly forgettable because I'm like, yeah. And then this happens, and Jess is looking at me like, you've seen this before, and I'm like, I don't know. I guess maybe. Did I? <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it might have been one of those, you know, it was on in the background sort of movies, like I yeah. had HBO on, and then this, this was on next, and I'm like. Yeah, let's see what this is about. I'm not sure. So <laughs> fair enough. Point uh, five. Josh, rewatch or first watch? Oh, definitely first time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike, first time. Ian, first time. Okay. Yeah, first time for me as well. Um, the reviews. So Rotten Tomatoes critic score, fifty percent. Audience score. 50%. I think that's the first thing I've ever seen where the critics and audience agree. And for it's 50-50 mm -hmm. of all things. Like it's... Yeah, right in the middle. Uh, Metacritic has Metascore of 53, user score 5.9. So they are also close, middle of the road. Okay. Uh, do we want to talk about the scores or just talk about that as we're, as we're sort of talking about the movie? Do you, like more or less, do you agree or disagree with the scores for the movie from Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic? I will say I think it makes a lot of sense that the critics and audiences agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, if it's fifty-fifty on the scores, I feel like they equally disagreed and agreed. Ooh. I, I guess we don't know if it's um, yeah average or the, what's the median score. With Rotten Tomatoes, it's just the number of people that went over, like said more than like average versus below average. 
I, I don't know how they do audience score. I think you just give it fresh or rotten. Yeah. I think what this one comes down to is going to be if you rate it as just a film or if you rate it as a kid's film. Absolutely, yeah. That, yeah. It definitely, it, yeah. it takes kids two films different... are always just more forgiving. Well, you have to be. It's a kid's film. It's not, you know... It, I mean, you don't have to be, but at the same time, it's not going to have, you know... You're, you're, you're looking at it through a different lens. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a different paradigm. Um, so before we get into, you know, what we what we did and didn't like, I will throw out the spoiler warning. So in case you have not seen Astro Boy and do not want spoiled for this movie, uh, pause us now. Come back to us after checking out the movie. Hopefully, if you've, you know, kept up with what we're trying to do for the episodes and, and when we're watching movies, you've kept on you know kept up with us and watched the movie when we said we were going to review it and stuff like that so hopefully you're you're right in there with us so spoiler warning to follow pause us if you don't want spoilers spoiler spoiler you know something like that all right so we are in spoiler territory everything is fair game so let's start with i i feel like we should just start with ian and just let him get whatever facts you want out of the way or you know whatever we're gonna start with what you liked and if the facts come out for that then let it be but Whatever you like for this movie, let her let us have it. Okay, so first I do want to get in Astro Fact number eight before I get into that. This is not the first work of Osama Tezuka that was made into a film. The first one was Kimba the White Lion, which Disney heads will know is the movie Disney stole to make Lion King. Oh, I did not know that. And Tezuka actually met Walt Disney before he stole his idea. <laughs> and they were talking about making a Astro Boy cartoon in America. Oh. And then, you know, they just stole Kimba, the white lion. So I guess those talks kind of broke down after that then. Yeah, they they didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, did they, not really knowing that other property, since Lion King is basically what, Hamlet? Yeah. Macbeth. It, is it Hamlet? I think it's Macbeth, if Macbeth. I remember correctly. Yeah. Is, so did they, is that other property kind of a it's, version yeah, of it's Macbeth basically, as well? It's also Macbeth, but it actually has lions in it already, so that's why it's more egregious, I would say. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and it's also, like, as, as far as I can remember, some, aren't some of the names really similar, too? I think it's names and, like, like just actual, like, shots. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's... Like, Sky, like, I think the Skyfather thing, like, was, the, like, the big one people point out. Mm-hmm. I was say, I, I remember reading about it before and how egregiously stolen it was. <laughs> So it's worth looking into if you're interested in seeing what they did there. All right, Ian, hit us. What'd you like? Okay, I'm so right. um, when I don't remember his name, but when the big nose dude shows up, and I yelled out "Real Dad" because <laughs> I um have a previous history of Astro Boy, and in the original Astro Boy, when he abandons him, his real when Nick Cage abandons his son, this guy takes over as his new dad. What, like okay. Doctor Elephant or something like that. Elephant. Yeah, but it's like with a Q. It's like Doctor Quinn's elephant. Yeah, I, I always kept hearing elephant. Yeah, that's yeah. It's I not though, it. but yeah, that's what I'm calling him. Big nose. <laughs> to be fair, I really like Cage's character had a pretty big nose too. He did, but that was his defining characteristic. Way. True. Oh, I liked. I, there was one point where Nick Cage was pretending to act, when I was like, "Man, if he didn't have animated movies, he couldn't have afforded that castle." I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I have something about that wrote down. They were fight when the the first time when the big robot goes and not the big robot when the peace bringer was it peace bringer or peacekeeper peacekeeper I think keeper 
when the peacekeeper when they first put the red energy in it and they're like and it's you know going crazy and shit and then the dude just pulls out an electrical plug and stabs it <laughs> I was like, that's pretty cool. You just stab it with the pointy end. I get that. <laughs> that's how science works. Was there works. supposed to be, like, some of the blue energy going through that at yeah, the Yeah, that, that was the blue energy stabby thing. Yeah. yeah. Electrical yeah. socket. Because these are just hooked up to electrical sockets. Right, and somehow it makes sense that the energy's flowing through the cords, even though it's science. all contained within... Go ahead. Science, bitch. Can't mess with the then... flow. Then uh, when he was holding his dead son's hat, because his son died right there, like, not even ten minutes in, I, I wrote down, I don't think Nick Cage thinks it was his fault. So, the dad <laughs> clearly is grieving and thinks it's his fault, but Nick Cage and his voice, I do not believe Nick Cage <laughs> thought it was his fault that Toby died. But I like that I like that bold action by Nick Cage to play this character differently and be like, that wasn't my fault. <laughs> That dumbass kid came up here and snuck in. And then, why was he on the wrong side of the glass, dumbass? <laughs> so I agree with Nick Cage there. <laughs> so then they they cut, like, actually, again, back to Big Nose Doctor. And I was like, imagine, like, sitting on that face with that whole honker on there, just riding that face. That was a fun <laughs> moment for me. What the fuck? <laughs> this took a turn. Yeah, like I was not expecting it to go that route. Let's see. Oh, so I guess uh, this is a neutral one. I was surprised that he was so excited about bringing his dead son back to life. He didn't even give him pants. <laughs> but that was a little, that was a weird choice. See, that's, that, that scene this... right there, actually, the, the no pants thing actually gave me a bit of like a recollection of like the, <laughs> the Mega Man power up screen. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it had that very like feel to it and i think the fact that he for whatever reason like you said didn't have pants it like amplified that because it looked like mega man a bit mm -hmm. and then i liked it that they, then when they're bringing his dead son back to life because remember his son died 10 minutes into this film he just picks up the blue energy of his bare hands so we found out it's safe to touch that's why we know it's clean energy, because we also found out earlier in the movie that this was a safer form of energy than nuclear energy, and we could have saved... We also find out during that part, there's a whole below planet surface thing going on. That's important for later, kids. Don't forget that. <laughs> that I wrote this... This took two lines. I wrote perfect, because Nick Cage created the perfect sun. Then his son fell asleep, and I, of course, wrote down, do androids dream of electric sheep? That really got me thinking for a while. I was thinking about a lot of Phil K. Dick there for a while. That's okay, the Blade Runner reference, right? That's the book Blade Runner's based yeah, on. Yeah, okay. Okay, I, this is a negative. I did like this. So once again, remember, Nick Cage does not think this is his fault. The dad in the movie thinks it's his fault. Nick Cage does not. So there was a point when they're doing this math shit, like and then like the, the then he gives him these books to read and then he's like making all these flying machines that Da Vinci did and his dad walks in and realizes I brought my dead son back to life just so I could be disappointed at him <laughs> and that's when Nick Cage oh, and the character reintercepted into being the same person again <laughs> and I really enjoyed that moment in the movie where they were both not only realizing this isn't my fault I don't like my dead son. <laughs> I like how I he's like taking this. like Nick Cage's mediocre voice acting and turning it into a positive here. <laughs> I really like this. So when Astro Boy wakes up the next day and he can hear the robots, which so there's certain robots you can and can't hear. I guess that's a negative. Like you can hear the <laughs> driving robot clearly. Everyone's talking to that dude, but the Windex bottle 
That's a fucking strange that I can hear that talk. Anyways, the Windex bottle tried to murder a child, and that was really cool. That was kick-ass. Oh when he's, like, holding on, and he's like, let's back me up so I don't fall out the window, and Windex bottle sprays him in the face and jumps off. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, fucking murder some children. <laughs> but this is, I guess, a question for you guys. So, they mentioned earlier on, I've been thinking about this when the the, the dead child who's no longer dead is falling to the ground to die again. They mentioned that the blue energy, because how clean it is, it can completely revitalize the surface and make it livable again. Or we could use that to bring back my dead son. Which is the correct answer? <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I, he's not really wrong about any of this, I'll point out. <laughs> uh, I'd also like to mention that the evil guy is also the one who's like, let's use this stuff instead of for good to get reelected. Let's use it for evil to scare people into reelecting me. It was a very, it was, yeah, it was too on the nose message. Speaking of big noses. And the correct answer to that question was make a Gundam. <laughs> Best of both worlds. And then when he kicks, I like this part. Cause once again, this is Nick Cage really bringing this character to life. And he says, um, I, I don't want this son anymore. And I was like, you didn't want your original son. <laughs> you ignored the shit out of that one, too. So that's what I was like. It's not his fault. <laughs> I really liked when um, Picklenose, that's what I started calling him, I guess, in my notes. <laughs> when the Picklenose doctor is like trying to give life advice to Astro Boy, like right when his, he walks in on his dad saying, I don't want this thing in the house anymore. Picklenose doctor is just like, you know, you just got to go out there in the world and find yourself. He tells that to a 13-year-old boy who doesn't realize he's got, like, super robot powers. He just tells some kid, just go out there and live your fucking life. Who also, that's not that harsh of a critique because it's also at that time that, like, the kid barely understands that he died and only his, like, subconscious has been transplanted. Yeah. Like, he's still in that early part of Bloodshot where he's not sure what's going on. <laughs> Wait, he hasn't gotten to the twist yet. <laughs> I feel like that was the difference between a two-hour movie and an hour-and-a-half movie. So like they could have really expanded upon that. When the evil Preza King is chasing him through the city, and they use the sticky, like, um, quarter machine sticky hands to catch him. Yeah. And he, like, he gets them all caught up in a building, and he's, like, pulling away, and it doesn't look like it's going to break. I wrote down, holy shit, they're about to cause a 9-11, because those are some big fucking buildings they were about to tear down. Yeah. So, yeah, I wrote down a 9-11 joke as a positive. <laughs> yeah, so right there, right after that... The one guy, they pulls up in his screen, like, emptied bowels. It's like they did a piss joke. So that was pretty funny. And some kids like wouldn't that. catch that. I mean, I'll, I'll admit, I laughed at that. Mm-hmm. Let's see. He loves a small child. Oh! Someone <laughs> says they love that boy, and I was like, why does he love a small child? I thought that was weird. That's a, <laughs> that's a positive, though, because this movie kicked ass, I guess. <laughs> Do you uh, remember... They mentioned... They mentioned remember... touchdown, and I was like, yeah, they got football still. But go ahead, Josh. Do you remember who made the love children comment? Because that could, like, context could be important. I think it was the evil Presa King. <laughs> I love that child because he's showing off all these kick-ass abilities, I think. But I, I didn't really... It, 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 where it falls in place here is in between the piss joke and the <laughs> evil Presa King making a football joke. <laughs> so it's really... It's a tough one. So you might be right anyone's guess so then he falls down to the surface 
and you get all the like crazy robot garbage, which they alluded to in the beginning school scene. And that's when I realized, holy shit, this is just Wally plus Elysium. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> Those are both solid movies. And then these kids show up and find him, and the one name is Korra, which then I wrote down Legend of Korra, which what you get is another kick-ass TV show. So we're just kicking a lot of ass it's now. It's like getting so peripheral what... points because it's some kind of associated with other things that's not actually. <laughs> but not, like, this really other thing like... that's not this is awesome, so yeah, this is awesome. Barely word association and just stream of conscious. It's not actually connected to the thing. <laughs> So then these kids show up, but then these other secret robots from the Robot Liberation Front show up and catch him. And that's what I wrote down. There's a lot of shit going on right now, and it was a little tough to follow at that point, because the plot just started... We went from my dead child for a half hour to plot just moving and moving, <laughs> and I liked that they decided to speed it up. It was weird, because those robots reminded me a lot of the Monty Python skit with the um, the Spanish Inquisition. Like, it reminded me a lot of the Spanish Inquisition. I enjoyed that. And I don't know if anyone else caught it. They had a Troitsky poster hanging up in the background of their base. But then they also had Rosie the Riveter. And I was like, so you have, like, one, like, super Russian communist writer <laughs> hanging up back there. And then a sign of pure American capitalism during World War II. So that's when I realized these robots don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and that cleared up a lot of the plot for me when I was like, robots don't know what's going on. So then we got to... Does anyone know the name of that like um guy that lives with all the kids in a not Nathan weird way? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I just know Nathan Lane. Lane. Nathan Lane, I'm writing that down. <laughs> so they get to Nathan Lane's house, and we don't know there's an adult yet, and there's these kids running around hitting golf balls and shit. And I was like, holy shit! Now we're in Lord of the Flies. I was like, this movie is connected to so other other some properties. So then Lord of the Flies started, and then they made a joke about. Nathan Lane, I like this one a lot because I think this really touched on like when this movie took place. He's like, you know, I like robots like a fat people love eating and women love shoes. And I was like, yeah, women love shoes. That's the only thing women like. That made a lot of sense to me about when does this movie take place and who wrote it? <laughs> and this, this was important. This was the one I told you guys in the Discord. This is when I realized I predicted something. So he's like talking to Cora and their relationship starting to develop. And I wrote down, he's going to put it in Cora's butt. <laughs> and I nailed that. Where's the confirmation? <laughs> You'll get to that on page three. <laughs> then they mentioned the robot games. And like before we all knew it was gladiators, it was kind of heavily inclined. It was gladiators. And I was like, holy shit, they just made Zoids. And I was like, that's also a really cool thing. Because robots fighting that Zoids, as we all know. <laughs> Yeah, didn't she make like she? Someone mentions these robot games, and yeah. doesn't yeah. Cora make a comment that uh, uh, she describes them like it's 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 kind of Roman. Yeah, Romanesque. Romanesque. She says like, something like that. I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's gladiator games. This guy's gonna Which... turn out to be horrible. Josh, thank you for that. So that also points out some foreshadowing that Cora's from Megaopolis, because as we know, the other kids can't read, and yet she makes an ancient Roman reference. So therefore, we know she's educated, and that's how we know she's not from the surface world. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Possibly. I got a point on that later, but you go ahead. So then they find the giant construction robot, and then he scans it. And I'm like, wait, why are we scanning it if the only thing you do to fix it is just give it some energy? Like, why did we bother scanning it if we could have just been like, boom, fixed him? So you know the type and amount of, of energy it needs. Gotta figure yeah, out where to put boop, that energy. Boop. 
Apparently you put it in her butt. put it in the energy thing. (laughs) (laughs) Or the butt. Maybe you need to find the energy thing, you know. Let's see. Oh, then there was the montage. I really enjoyed the cleaning the robot montage. That was really fun and cutesy. It reminded me a lot of Rocky. This is um, And so many other things that use that. that No, just Rocky. Just Rocky. (laughs) Just Rocky. Uh, this, I guess, is a positive. I noticed when they were sitting on the car, he has fat fingers. I don't know if anyone else notices. Astro Boy has very big fingers, I think and he, I like that a lot. I think it's the hands in general. I feel like his hands are oversized for his body. Yeah. It He's was, got man I, hands. That, you know? I didn't know if I should go back and find out if he had those when he was not a dead robot child. But you I, didn't? But no, I didn't look I at didn't. that either. And, I, I, and then when they were, were on the car flirting, I wrote down, but, 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 but. Because he's gonna put it in her butt. Remember, I'll get to why I was right later. Just as a, as a check-in, what percentage of your notes are we through at this point? <laughs> I got like a page left, and <laughs> almost. And this is mostly this is just like the positive stuff. There's a lot less negatives. So okay, so a page left. How much have we gone through already? Um, a page and a half. Okay. <laughs> I was saying, like he's, he's going chronologically. You can kind of tell left. chronologically where we're at here. <laughs> I feel like we should start yeah, making yeah. predictions on what well, Ian's I mean, rating through, is for this movie. Through the story, yeah, but just in case he has many, many notes for a particular section of the movie, that might not be the best indicator. Just, just, just check it in. Just, just, just asking. Well, I mean, if he and if we predicted his score, he could always change it just to choose who was right or well, yeah, all of us wrong. You know. So then so, they so then they, they like fixed up the car and they oh they tied him to that pole for the robot fights remember and they're like they're revealing oh it's Astro Boy's gonna fight all these other fucking things and I was like holy shit now it's Star Wars it's that scene where they tie up Anakin and make them do that fight in like the desert and that duel so I was like holy shit Star Wars also kicks ass <laughs> so they were really referencing a lot of cool shit here and then the the Nathan Lang makes the mention of how that Astro Boy is from Megapolis. He thinks we're all a bunch of trailer park trash. And I was like, wait, do they even have trailers parks on this world? Because it seems like it's just filled with a bunch of fucking robot parts. Maybe there's trailers underneath the I guess it's park. not a positive, but I read it. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they know about trailer parks from the past. Well, see, remember, the kids can't read, so they don't know the past. They could have been told Which is why, again, that was foreshadowing that Cora made that Roman joke that Josh brought up. Doesn't, again, word of mouth and stories. You know, you can be told things. So, you notice that Astro Boy's like, I don't want to fight these robots. And then, like, ten seconds later, he fights those robots. <laughs> I thought that yes. was really cool, because that showed he's still just a kid and just will change his mind willy-nilly. I thought it really did a lot to bring back, this isn't a dead robot child. This is a, this is a dead robot child who's also human. <laughs> what? I'm just and trying to follow the logic there. there. And yet extremely inconsistent. But uh, yeah, I guess, okay, sure, that tracks. And, and then the, the robot uh, Republican League or whatever, the Troitsky showed up again. And I was like, this movie has three Jar Jars. That's cool as shit. Because <laughs> what did I need from Star Wars? Two more Jar Jar pigs. I feel like all uh, of our reviews are going to be way off here. I feel like he's going to be way up there. We're going to be way at the bottom. So next, uh, this is the end of the robot fight. He tamed the mighty Zog, which was impressive. I didn't think anyone was going to be able to tame Zog, but he did it. I don't know if anyone else saw that coming. <laughs> I was shocked. So then, I, did you get, I guess this is the negative, but I want to bring it up. 
Did anyone know? Was he running for president or mayor the whole time? I realized by the end it was mayor, like president. But for the longest time, I was like, wait, this is a city, so mayor? It was, it was very ambiguous. It was never, yeah, it wasn't really stated. Just the whole time he just kept saying running for re-election is all he mm-hmm. kept saying. Oh, then I really like this. So Astro Boy yelled to the kids to like run away in the flying car they had because they had flying cars, and he yells "fly." So I wrote down "fly, you fools!" Like Gandalf said in Lord of the Rings, and Lord <laughs> of the Rings kicks ass. Or I'll even give you "fly, fat ass, fly" from Mallrats. With Mallrats, you're supposed to say "kick ass." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, See, I missed my I missed my line. I really liked when the president he is um. And he's now become the giant robot. He is now destroyer of worlds, Omega. And I wrote down, I am the city, when he yells, I am the city, because he starts taking the city. And we like to show how he thought about the citizens. He is the city. He is the system. Without him, there is nothing. And I thought that added a lot to his character at this point in the movie, which I thought was a bold maneuver in your climax to be adding more to the character. But I like that choice. So then, while he's fighting, here comes the connection you guys were all waiting for. So while he's fighting the giant robot, Astro Boy turns around and shoots him with his butt guns. So I was right. Butt, butt, butt. The butt played a huge role in this. Astro Boy unloads his butt into this giant robot man. I thought the correlation was with Korra. That's where I think I was getting confused. Well, he's going to put his butt into her butt because he's got the big things thrusting out of his butt that shoots stuff into the giant robot. Well, because as you know from earlier, like, robots don't have genitalia, so now we know where he's putting in the butt. <laughs> the thing's on his butt. He's using the butt guns to put it in the butt. Like, Does that make it clear? I, I guess it's better now? Making ass-to-ass sex possible for the first time ever. Except for that one movie. <laughs> I, I mean... that Real ass-to-ass! The, the Avatar Blue Cats... <laughs> do it by connecting their hair so whatever <laughs> yeah that makes sense so this was actually i like this for continuity reasons so they show the kids driving the flying car again and the kid is sitting on a stack of pizza boxes which as we know is the only food they eat so i really like that call back to continuity i was like well that was a great choice to put the pizza boxes on the seat to explain why he's able to reach the pedals and stuff real good attention to detail you get from the studio <laughs> So next, I really enjoy this. So when the planet's crashing, but Astro Boy's holding it up, they give us that upskirt shot of the one lady. And I was like, yeah, women love shoes and showing their underwear to other people. <laughs> Positive. Then I really like this. So Astro Boy uh, dies again for like the fifth time in this movie after he defeats the other giant robot. And then Pickle Dick Doctor shows up. To be like, oh no, Astro Boy. And he's like, he's got more humanity than most of us. And I was like, oh my god, now they're doing King Kong. Humans are the real monsters, and King Kong sucks ass. <laughs> this movie's not that good now. <laughs> Took a very big left turn there. I'm not taking the I also <laughs> was also confused because they reestablished that the Windex can't talk to other people, but Zog can talk. Zog was able to talk this whole time. Why? Why? Um, you know, because Zog kicks ass. <laughs> Moving on, I really like the Korra had parents, so we found out who they were and their whole story at the end. That's the end of my kind of like Ray in Star Wars, right? No, her parents were good people, and she had two of them, and neither of them were murdered. <laughs> neither of them had mystic space powers. 
I was just giving you another correlation, man, and you didn't take it. I like the correlation. That was funny. (laughs) That's the end of my positive notes. Oh, dear Lord. Um, Welcome to hour three of the podcast. I I don't even know where... Any volunteers to go next for what you liked? (laughs) Jesus, how do you follow that up? Yeah, That's why I'm letting you... If you want to jump on it, it's all you. I'll I'll go quickly. (laughs) Um, Jump on it like jump on his nose. He covered pretty much the entire movie there. Um, Do you agree or disagree with any of the stuff that he liked? If we're getting into likes, most of what I wrote down are criticisms. Um, because, I mean, likes, I, I can generally just kind of roll with. The characters are likable. The kids, I mean, that he meets down in um, Trashland. Because I'm not going to call it anything else. It's Trashland. <laughs> um, they, they're likable. They're relatable. Um, it, it, it his powers were kind of cool, but not really didn't make a lot of sense. Um, but, but it didn't make sense. I mean, is he a transformer or like I? I, I they mean, never transformed, so no. Where did the butt guns come from? They transformed directly out of his ass. No, the, the the shielded portion of his butt slid aside, and then guns protruded out of it. That's not transforming. So you're saying that's a normal Gundam thing. That's a thing Gundams do. So you're saying, but not with their ass. But, so you're saying his dad, when he designed him, was like, "What does my child need?" But all of the he, he said guns. all of the best defenses. And in Nick Cage's mind, that is butt guns because Nick Cage loves his dead robot son for a good five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> not wrong about that part. Um, and all of that is in the designing portion of this robot son. Having said that, the voice cast is an impressive cast, even if I wasn't necessarily impressed by their performances in yeah. uh, some cases. Um, Great. And uh, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and just put this in there as kind of a positive. Okay? Because it's fucked up that this isn't a movie for kids. But their portrayal of how people... In the beginning of the movie, I knew nothing about this coming in. I already knew the robots were the good beings. Like, they were the, you know, they were the heroes of this. Very early on, because... Well, let's face it. These are sentient robots that we're dealing with here. We find out pretty early on. They're sentient. They're not just a standard, you know, servant bot that doesn't... Is not self-aware in any way. They're they're self-aware. Which lends to the question, first... It seems like everybody is kind of shitty to robots everywhere. They're horrible to them. But it's portrayed so well by the servant bot to Astro Boy. I can't remember his actual name. Um, Eugene Levy? Yeah, yes. This is like Orn or yeah, something yeah. like Orn? Eugene Levy's character, that, that robot. Its mannerisms and how it's handled, it's clearly fucking abused. Yeah, like yeah. It, it is an abused being, which it, it leads to realize that you know the people that live in that city up there, and the and then when you get down to the, you know the base part of the planet, they're all abusing robots. The people up in the no city one, are just no complete. adult in the movie isn't an abuser except for Pickle Dick and the other guy running against the Prussian King. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, like his dad abuses him and the robot. The present king abuses his powers and everyone around him. And all the robots. And the other dude, the other dude literally has sl- child slave labor. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he's abusing robots. Like, he's building them to fight. Like, it's... It, it, he's building them to die. Yeah. And these are these he's are bringing someone beings. back to life to kill again. But it, what I was getting at is how well represented their fear of humans is. And that's actually really well done for a children's movie. Yeah. Because it's represented very realistically in the way that robot acts. It acts like a beaten dog. And I think that's very well done, even if it's, like I said, fucked up to have in a children's movie something that reacting that realistically to it. Yeah. Um, Everything else is negative that you have? I'm I'm just reading. I'm just looking through real quick. Um, what about the explosions? Because I think those kick some ass. <laughs> there was a lot of explosions. Um, when he's flying around, um, when he first learns that he can fly, he definitely makes a poop in the clouds. Like he flies around and creates like the poop emoji, basically in the clouds. Uh, and I also see that was lo- the one time I was like, oh, ice cream. Like, isn't, isn't the poop emoji supposed to be like chocolate ice cream? I saw ice cream in the cloud. You went straight to poop. I mean, it's the poop emoji. It's I mean, that's what he made. Like, I mean, I see the correlation now, but, like, it's funny that my mind was like, oh, ice cream. And, and I'm the fat went, guy. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear here. Um, But yeah, the only other positive note I have is that I really liked Ham Egg's name. That was the Nathan Lane character. Yes, about that earlier. His name is Ham Egg. Yeah. H-A-M-E-G-G. I like the name. Especially because he had no ham or eggs on his pizza. And he wasn't green. <laughs> you know, like no. they could have just thrown the Dr. Seuss reference in, but it's still just a fun name. Uh, Andy, stuff you liked. Um, overall, I thought, like, if you didn't look too hard into the um, plot and intricacies that have been brought to light before I've begun <laughs> talking, um, that it, it, it was generally a fun movie. Yeah. Um, it had a lot of, uh, I thought adult sort of themes to it, um, which I enjoyed being an adult, but I can see how it wouldn't be good for, for, um, little ones. And I think overall, like the arc of the story, it had a good, uh, uh, time, like timing meter. It had good meter. Like, there was always something going there. Pacing? Yeah. Sure. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I know um, people have gotten on the voice acting, but I really thought Bill Nighy did an excellent job in this movie. Yeah, He was um, Big Nose Doctor. And just every time he talked, I wanted him to talk more because <laughs> I thought he was just phenomenal in it. And, you know, Nick Cage wasn't bad and Freddie Harmer was like, okay, whatever. And Kristen Bell was all right, but... Man, just every time that short, big nose doctor talked, I was like, "Oh man, is, he needs to talk." Isn't that always the case with Bill Nye, though? Like anytime that guy's voice acting anything, you're just like, he can just keep talking forever, which is why everybody wants him to voice act things. He's right. just so interesting to listen to, just because he just has such a unique flair that he puts into things. Uh, anything else, Andy? Um, Any other specifics? Uh, I don't think specifically anything else, no. Okay. Uh, Josh, spin to you. Sure. So I I don't have a ton written down in general. It's only like, I think, 11 little 
bullet points at all. Some of the, like a lot of my stuff, I don't really categorize into necessarily positive or negative. It's just thoughts. Um, I can try to find ones that might be more direct positive comments. Um, okay, I guess I'd have to, okay, skip ahead to the Lord of the Flies reveal that Ian mentioned. Um, I wrote down, I like the Neverland Clubhouse. That's what I wrote. Yeah, I started getting, I went hooked. Yeah. Lost Boys Uh, type of reference. Yeah. I went much darker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I said, it reminds me of the Do Anything Teenage Riff Raff Club from the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Does that make Nathan Lane's character Shredder? Uh, or Tasu, one of the two. Oh, true. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess probably more like Shredder in a way. That yeah, he's more like the the gathering like Godfather of the group. Yeah. Um, I appreciated the use of the Supergrass song during the clean the robot montage. <laughs> it kind of fit the mood and and the context. I was like, all right, that's always a fun song to hear. Um. I'm just going to say this one now because I want to. It, it's, it, again, it's just like a neutral comment, but I liked the thought. I said, trash can is an appropriate name for a trash can made to look like a dog. <laughs> it's also a lazy name for that thing. Yeah. But it's also an awesome name for a real dog. <laughs> it kind of threw me off because I thought it was a crock pot at first. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, I, if it had been, but they still called it trash can, I would have been okay with that. <laughs> that would have been double cool. Um, oh, okay. This I did have like a giddy moment at some point. Um, I actually kind of liked um, some of the more like comic relief characters, like the uh, revolutionary robots and the, the the squeegee and the spray bottle and whatnot. Um, I think it was during the second scene you get with squeegee and spray bottle uh, later on, like towards the end in the third act um i said they reminded me something about the way they were talking for some reason the banter style reminded me of ducky and bunny from toy story 4 for whatever reason i kept thinking that the the spray bottle was uh keenan michael key right like it sounded a little bit like that it's not him but if you've looked up the voice actor i think it kind of makes sense why i think it was him uh oh yeah it's david allen greer yeah uh, and squ- the squeegee is Alan Tudyk. That, I felt like by the end of the movie, I was like, that's got to be Alan Tudyk. Uh, those two together, like, I don't know if that was one of those things. Um, like, it's rare in, in voice recording that these performers are, like, in a room with anybody else. It's like yeah. them and the sound engineers, the directors and whatnot. Like, they're not doing this live together. If If the two of them recorded, like, that exchange specifically, separately... I would like that's a really well done performance and that's really good editing because that felt really natural, really fluid. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they had, you know, done that together because uh, it, it felt like there was a bit of improv perhaps worked into that and, and whatnot, but it felt very natural. Um, like I said, it reminded me of, of Key and Peele's take on, on Ducky and Bunny. Um, I really wanted like all of a sudden for them to imp- say they're going to implement the uh the plush rush <laughs> uh in, in in the plan i wanted to see that again um bah, 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 bah. oh uh i said it, in the end it was nice to see a 
presidential figure near election time who had abused power get arrested. <laughs> Topical. Yeah, those, those those are my direct positive comments. Uh, and I said, there, the others aren't really negative per se, because it wasn't like I didn't like this about this and whatnot. Um, I, I think the the I'm on board with some of the comments about the voice performances. They seemed uninspired. Yeah. Um, but uh, others were well done like uh, yeah bill nye he definitely give him give him that others were just like okay we you know went in the booth we did our job the other so the others are just kind of like thoughts that i had i don't know when we want to hit those if that's like afterward yeah we can spin back around to those sure um brett mike i was looking at the the voice cast i don't know if you looked at the cast at all but uh the voice of trash can apparently d bradley baker that's interesting unexpected so that was yeah, kind of random. Um, the uh, was there even really a? Vo- it just made sounds, right? It, it, it just barked. Yeah. So they hired the the voice of the clones in the Clone Wars to just bark like a dog for a robot trash can. Seems like a wasted talent. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, stuff that I like. I I thought the voice cast was fine. Um, I thought Freddie Highmore did good. Um, Bill Nighy obviously was really good. Uh, Kristen Bell I thought was fine. Nick Cage I think was the one for me that was obviously like phoning it in. I felt like I felt that way about uh, Donald Sutherland as well. He had moments, but yeah, I guess for, for, yeah for the most part I'd say that too. Just kind of deadpan. Um, I I even for ten years ago I thought the animation looked good. I was fine with the yeah. way the style looked and that that tone the the way they framed everything like that. I thought that looked cool. Um. But hands down for me, the best part of the movie is the robot revolutionary front. Those three characters, every time they showed up, I was like, yes, more of you. Please just keep going. The minute more they just this, popped on screen, just else. Threw, they just came, like, flew across the screen, picked him up, and threw him, in a ca- like, threw him in their room and started talking to him. And immediately I'm like, yep, you're my favorite people. I am on board with whatever you're going to do. <laughs> and I guess another thing from the voice cast, the, the leader of that group, Mr. Mustachio, is Ryan Stiles from Whose Lines It Anyway? Oh, and he he huh. also uh, I, I looked at the cast like later on. I was about two thirds of the way through the movie, and I saw that he plays. Um. Or wait, am I wrong? Maybe I was wrong about who that was. Is so he he's credited as Mister Mustachio and Burning Robot. Yes. Oh, Burning Robot's the one when he first lands on the trash heap. Literally mm-hmm. just a robot running around in the yeah. background, like, I'm on fire. Okay, okay. So I misunderstood. I thought, when it said Mr. Mustachio, I thought that was Astro's um, teacher, like the physics teacher up on the Oh, city. maybe I have it wrong then. Well, no, I thought that was the, the revolutionary guy. The, the you absolutely could be guy. right. I, I, no, that makes more sense, because I, I realized afterward that I'm like, oh, I really liked that teacher character. Wait, that was Ryan Stiles? I wanted more Ryan Stiles. But no, I, I think you're right, and that's probably why I, one of the reasons I enjoyed that trio so much. So another thing that I don't think was I apparently completely missed, but the voice of Zog is Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson, yeah. I did not get that at all listening to him. I mean, it, he doesn't really say much. Like it's and it's all distorted, kind of for right. So it's it's just funny. Like some of the names that they grab for this for such minuscule roles. That's why it had a budget that was so high, is because they went and got Samuel L. Jackson to do that. Yeah. I could have yeah, done that. Could have been anybody anybody. Could have do- they could have done it with nothing. They could have just had yeah. like a Midai soundboard do it. 
Um, yeah, that's kind. Of, I mean, that's kind of the positives for me. I I've, I agree mostly with. I feel like the the ratings on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. This is very much middle of the road for me. It's it's not great. It's not terrible. It's a fine movie to put on and watch, but it's not one that I'm going to remember. So it's just you know flat right in the middle. Um. I'm I'm afraid to ask Ian, but we're gonna spin back around to you. Let's go through all your all your dislikes. So you brought it up again with the robot trio that reminded me they did that um Pulp Fiction reference, which I really liked. So that's one more positive. <laughs> Fair enough. I really enjoyed that. Okay. The first negative was um the teachers explaining how society works, and I'm like, wait, you can build these ten thousand robots a day, but you can't recycle any of them. There's yeah, nothing yeah. in place for that but that gets into the whole well we had to make a really shitty earth world to make astro boy the hero like if it's a normal earth world then what's what are we doing here yeah so i you know i they kind of ham-fisted that i wrote i like nick cage a lot better when i can see his face (laughs) like a lot more like I was upset because even though Nick Cage maybe is not giving his best performance, it would have been way better if he's got his facial expressions happening. Because you know he was acting the shit out of his face recording those lines. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Yeah, we should all look up the uh, like behind-the-scenes voice recording for this movie and see what it looks like. I didn't like... So when they go to get the power, uh, Pickle Dick Nose is just... In, he's in the middle of a lecture... They just take it while he's in a lecture. Like, who you couldn't time that at any other point in the day? I, I also they... thought it was strange that he just happened to have them accessible in his classroom and decides, like, these are very important and potentially really dangerous. Let me just g- exhibit them in the middle of my lecture. Like, it's they can't tell. touch, but they're not even six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is fucking weird. Um... So then again, with the energy, that they no one wants to use the red one because it's evil and you don't put evil in something that monstrosities. What, once again, Nick Cage had a great line delivery there with it. Watch the movie and see that. It just nailed it. So the Presa King just shows up and is like, I'll fucking do it. So they have like a robot insert it. So that's why I thought you couldn't touch it. But then we later on find out you can just touch it and pick it up, <laughs> which I thought was weird. I'm like, well, why didn't we just pick it up and put it in in the first place? see oh so they're doing the math thing when um he brings his dead son back to life and he's like oh let's do your favorite fucking thing 4d physics and i was like okay sure i'll pretend that's a thing <laughs> and he's like oh like solving this math problem nick he's like oh that's an interesting solution i'm like no it's math there's one solution there's one right answer it's not interesting it's just right <laughs> so that that actually upset me a lot Okay, this page is mostly positives. <laughs> Actually, this is all positive because the only <laughs> negative I had, I already said in the positive part. That's my negatives. <laughs> well, that was a lot less than I expected. Yeah. Uh, Mike, we'll spin around to you. Uh, Negative-wise, I mean, it. Nick Cage, again, like we said a couple times, phoned it in and it just kind of made me sad. Um, But he doesn't do a lot of voice acting, I don't think. So, there, there's probably a good reason for that. Maybe he's not quite as good doing that, obviously. I don't know. Ten years later, he's pretty awesome in Spider-Verse. Was he, though? I I thought it fit. Maybe that character just fit more. I feel like he was just talking in that, and it fit the character very well. I know, and it worked yeah. better for some reason. I don't know. 
he also I'm doesn't just... have a lot like the 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 volume of lines he has in that movie is very low. Well, true. Yes. Yeah. I, I whatever the case, um, I feel like a lot of my negatives come from the beginning where it's like, why the fuck do they treat these poor robots so horribly? Like, it's fucking horrible. These people that are up in that city don't deserve to be saved. They just dump all their fucking trash on the, like, the surface world. It's because it's an allegory for slavery? No, I get it. It's just... The people up there are fucking horrible. I mean, at the beginning, they're, they, they, they literally put robots in a syringe and shoot them into somebody's ass. These are sentient beings that they're shooting into somebody's ass. These aren't, You these really aren't hung just... up on this butt stuff. Yeah, I'm totally hung up <laughs> yeah, on Mike, the butt stuff. Yeah, Mike, you're hung up on it. You're, you're correct. <laughs> um, it, It's really bothersome that the characters I'm supposed to like are so abusive of the robots. You know I mean? They want you to like you know, Astro Boy and his dad and all that stuff. They want them to be kind of the heroes and all that, but they're so abusive that at one point, you know, like I, I, I think I wrote down like in the very beginning when he reprograms the, the robots thing to make it take them to the science place. Let's call it. I'm like, ministry of science, ministry of science. I'm like, that robot is going to get like abused to Helen back for taking him there when he shouldn't have. And then next thing we know, yep, there it is. The the robot's beating its head against the wall because it's just so shamed at what it did. I mean, we're not supposed to like Nick Cage, though. By the end, you are, though, aren't you? No, we're I supposed to be like, okay, that we maybe we'll give him a chance for not giving up on his dead son for the fifth time. <laughs> okay, well, all the same, his dead son that he brings back won. Um, they, they show him with a single hair. A single hair bring back all the memories of this child. What the fuck is that? This is something That's Assassin's that Creed. Actually, Jess and I uh, sort of talked about. She's like, "How did he? Get, how did she get all those memories from just the hair?" And I, I thought of it more of like he. These are memories that he captured throughout, like living with the kid, like pictures and movies that they had done. To me. Like he just he or, had him he had him but, load, but loaded why, up into the thing not or I the memory bed just downloaded from, every night yeah I don't know the the way they ordered that and the way they shot that it seemed to me like here's this hair and now he has memories I, I mean hair comes out of your head your head has your brain your brain has your memories it all makes sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> science <laughs> uh, makes as much sense as Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I'm not going to get into how Assassin's Creed doesn't make sense at this time, I, because that's a whole other thing. Um, DNA. <laughs> moving on from there, um, they they go down and they meet Ham Egg and his kids and all that, and they're eating what trash pizza, right? Is essentially what it Three is. Three day old pizza. Yeah, yeah. That's less healthy than not eating it at all. They they make that joke. Yeah, I get that. But they I wrote that, that down joke. before. They that. made that joke, Mike. <laughs> but it's still just like, uh, come on. They um, were trying to establish they were poor, Mike. That they needed the robot to win the robot battle so they wouldn't be poor, Mike. They're poor, Mike. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Why do you hate it, poor people? It multiple times. <laughs> Why do you hate poor people in like butts? It multiple times I make note that uh, he must be robot Jesus. Um. 
because he's just kind of like, oh, I will give you life. And he brings back the other robot. And then at the end, he's dead. But they're like, oh, we'll give you life back. And they resurrect him. And it, I don't know. It's, to me, it was very robot Jesus. Um, so when he's pushing the city back up, he's like trying to slow it down. He's not centered at all. He would have just tipped it over. Yeah. <laughs> he's nowhere near the fucking center. Physics may- don't check out in this movie a lot. May- maybe no he knows how the, the the what application of pressure at the point where he's at is needed to keep it level and steady and bring I'm it in. I'm pretty sure a physics would say that it's falling level and steady already. Hold up, it, Mike, it are good. you thinking of physics or 4D physics? Because remember, <laughs> this kid's a hundred percent in 4D physics. With very interesting. My brain's already broken. <laughs> Remember, he made a thing dance while doing 4D physics. All the same, any pressure that's not directly centered on that is going to turn it topsy-turvy one way or the other. If it's falling nice and level as it is. Doesn't matter where you put the pressure, unless it's dead center, it's going over from the pressure you're putting on it. You're well, changing... Wasn't, wasn't that... Th- I, I I would agree with you, but wasn't that the problem? Wasn't one end of it already no, it was all, tipping? I thought it was falling straight down. I thought it was going straight down, too. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm. He I'm just slowed mis- it down. He didn't like level it out or anything. He just slowed it so that it didn't like destroy the planet. Basically, it, I mean, it was it. Age of Ultron, just in a different way, just a different solution. Yeah, yeah for some Let reason, I fall, thought like in like a down. middle access, it had like like one side of it had tipped closer as it was descending. So I thought yeah. he was pushing that end up to keep it. Like I said, like, his action was keeping it level. But I, I apparently, f me, I'm wrong. I mean. I'd, I'd also say, did Age of Ultron get their idea for that from this movie? I don't know. I don't want to know. I hope. It would have been six years prior. Yeah, yeah I, that's why I'm like, it definitely came before. Um, What the fuck is his haircut? It reminded me of the Rollick here. I just called it the wonky <laughs> taco because I couldn't come up with anything better to call it. It's not a cowlick because he has, it's like... Off to this side, and then the opposite back corner, it has, like, the same shape, and it's like, what, 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 what is this? It's very intentional, and it seems like it's very strongly gelled to look like that, and I'm like. <sighs> to me, I just attributed that to that's how the character was drawn. They just translated that for the movie. There's no explanation. That's just to yes. look like the comic. That's, decades that's how he's always looked. That's I, how he looked in the 1950s. I, I understand that, but it doesn't change that the haircut's bad. <laughs> Like, I, it's not bad. It's pretty kick-ass. <laughs> he has maybe the best haircut in the movie. You're he's the only one that now. I can now, well, Yeah, now you're starting to think of like all the other haircuts around. Yeah, he's the only haircut that I remember anything about. Yeah, you remember Cora's. It's just a standard like haircut, though, with colors. It's not... But you remember it. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, the hair color's different than the haircut. Her haircut's very standard, very like, not any different. Well, I forget is before he's, I, I don't even know. This is kind of on my points. Before he gets like vaporized, immaterialized, whatever you want to call it, discontinued, like whatever, yeah, whatever you want to describe this is accident. Um, do we ever actually see the? Do we do we ever see uh, Toby without his hat on? I mean, he's in school without the hat, right? Yeah. Like in in class, yeah, he probably is okay. Yeah, I'm what I don't to... remember is if it's the same exact haircut. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, and I it can't is. remember either. 
It, it, it is, because as soon as he similar. showed up, I was like, hell yeah, it's Astro Boy. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, he's not a dead son yet. <laughs> he's not a dead robot son. <laughs> um, beyond that, I've got two other negative notes. Um, so the president guy, he loses. He's defeated. And his response is, ah, nuts. All that about how you have to fucking win an election that you've told us about 30 million fucking times in this movie and your reaction to when you are finally ultimately defeated is on nuts. But that's not when he's ultimately defeated because he doesn't know that's the end. Because remember, he pops up out of the ground and tries to kill all those citizens. Which makes it make even less sense. And then remember, he he still, I got an election to win. He hasn't given up on winning this election as he's being carried away. He thinks he still has a chance. He's a fighter. He's a fighter. He's fought before. He's been in the robot. He's not going down without a fight. His yeah. opponent can't say that he knows what it's like to be in a robot. That's a very <laughs> unique experience that he now has. And also, his opponent's apparently been hiding in a basement this whole time. We hear nothing of his opponent this whole time. We see one billboard. Basically, everybody except kids and robots in this world fucking sucks. That guy. <laughs> well, yeah, the guy that we see nothing of. The guy that literally we the know nothing about. The guy has a billboard that says peace and prosperity. But but let me tell you about peace and prosperity, because for them, peace and prosperity means dumping the fucking trash robots down onto the surface world. So he's still a fucking asshole. Well, we don't know that. That could be a policy of the current President King. Well, I feel this... like it's been a policy for a long time, yeah, with the yeah, amount of robots but, on the ground. Well, we don't know if there's term limits. Well, <laughs> The strange part about the setup of that story, and I don't know if this also, if if any of that is, uh, if the if the element of like a ruined world and an elevated city and a city that dumps its garbage to that world it ruined is is part of any of the source material from from the originals and all that, but it felt weird to create a society which had to invent a way to make a floating city. Where in the epilogue itself, they tell us the reason they had to do that is because they ruined the planet. All you gotta do is get and up yet off you're the surface still and you're just good. wrecking the planet. Well, I mean, that you they're had not wrecking from. their own city now. See, like that, that's why they elevated it because now they just have a place to dump everything. And right, but the la- lack of perspective, the lack of hindsight. Layer, but you're not on the ground. The planet being dead doesn't affect you. I mean, that, yeah, that's like just Jetsons. common science. I mean, that's <laughs> same as the Jetsons. Uh, Andy, we'll swing to you. Anything, anything you want to touch on? Dislikes? Yeah, the one thing that I could not stand the most in this movie was the last ten seconds of the movie. <laughs> I fucking hated like the oh everything's great. Hey, there's a monster. This is my destiny, and all of a sudden the movie ends, and you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I couldn't. That was stand never. That a, for it's a like season. the Mario Brothers ending. You will never get a sequel to see what happens next. Yeah, I was just like, oh Jesus, like what? What the hell was that? That was terrible. <laughs> like it's an it's an animated kids movie in in 2009 we'll, we'll get a sequel out of this right we got a little bit of a franchise we'll get home direct to video maybe who knows what'll be coming up well yeah, yeah we yeah. put we'll 65 million dollars into this movie yeah <laughs> yeah but it was cheap asher boy's been a thing for 65 years we couldn't <laughs> kill it <laughs> um aside from that i wanted more zog i feel like we didn't get yep. full zog mm-hmm. and I, I wanted more more zog i liked zog Zog was cool um um. Yeah, I think. I mean, 
yeah, I think those are the two big things that I had that were I would have preferred something else, yeah. I guess. Uh, Josh, we hit you again. Anything left to talk about? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. Um, I guess I had written down the same. Uh, where did the memories come from? Hair relationship question that was asked before that that didn't make sense to me. Um, so the Neverland Gang, you have this group of kids, but like something that I actually think could have possibly improved the story is even just a minute of kind of explaining what the rest of even the immediate society around where this is taking place on the surface is like because you have like 10 kids of like age 12 to 13 and under in the care of this adult who are all orphans who apparently just were discarded i guess by their parents we don't know if the parents have died. We don't really know what, like, the rest of living is like down there. So I wrote, like, have is this just how the surface is? Does every generation grow up to eventually reproduce and then just abandon their children at age five? Like, has it been that way? Are they just all deadbeat parents? Like, it, it didn't kind of make sense. But I, I think that actually could have helped understand the predicament that the group we focus on was in. Like, is right. that exceptional or not? Is yeah, or it, it would help me feel for them more if I'm supposed to. So, Josh brings that up. Now I have a very important question: Was that pizza from Mega City or from the planet? I'm that. I, I now that we're saying it, I guess maybe the city that was thrown off and stayed in the boxes somehow. Otherwise, there's like working pizzerias. Yeah, exactly. So, with, yeah. With there's a functional the, society the down to make the road. Or delivery boxes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, the gladiator thing was on the planet's surface, right? That wasn't like yeah, in the... that was on the surface. Yeah, so there's there's obviously other shit going on on the yeah, surface. and there was there was a crowd in the Colosseum and all that. So it just felt it felt strange to kind of acknowledge that there is some semblance of civilization there, but not really like under. I don't know. It just it like uh, I, it didn't make sense to me. What if it was a critique on our lack of safety social nets? <laughs> probably not entirely because they just didn't they kind of shit the bed on some things here uh well this is the whole like do you want to view it as a kids movie or a movie oh, movie okay so well i mean even for the kids though i think it would have I, I i think a couple things may have been there there's a way to be a a children's movie per se and still be good at what you do and they're like, and help the kids understand the story better. And I, I think there's some gaps that they left that would have enhanced what they presented to those kids more. That's and, I, and I, like, I'm just thinking things. like anyone under 10 isn't going to care what the society is like on the surface. They're not going to care. But I think if you had put it in, it could have enhanced it and it could have improved it without okay. having to go that next step of like, yeah, look, it's a kid's movie. It still <laughs> could have, it could have stayed as a kid's movie. Right. But better. Okay. Um, so the point that I think Ian brought up before, maybe it was Ian about, um, Cora reuniting with her parents at the end, uh, or whoever did. So what the hell was that? <laughs> 
she all she tells them is that her she was from the city doesn't mention how she got separated why she's not there how she got there how old she was how long she's been there nothing has it been so she's around astro's age she's like 12 13 take maybe 14 has she been there for two months has she been there for nine years she meets up with her parents and all you get is we've looked for you for so long really (laughs) all is forgiven yep all is understood and forgiven and moving on that is it that's all we need what in the hell is that that was the sequel (laughs) yeah the sequel was going to explore that relationship that's oh, your bullshit, D storyline no for the movie. It's it's just way re- rele- relegated to the back of the movie. No one cares about that story. I, I it's guess the, maybe the simplest some... setup and payoff that you have on any of the storylines yes. going on. Yes, I I will give you that. Some somebody wrote somewhere that she's an orphan, and there was going to be an ending in which people from the city were being reunited and 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 joining the surface again. So therefore, don't leave that open ended put them back together and yay we're all happy it just yeah. it was so strange um i guess that's all i have for negatives per se uh, i have another couple of the points that just don't really fall anywhere they're just random thoughts if we want to come back to that or i can hit them now uh yeah go ahead okay uh i said right from the beginning because i had uh, i i knew sort of as i was getting into it that nicholas cage was part of the voice cast and and whatnot and as soon as he starts speaking towards the beginning i'm like oh okay here's nick cage uh my very first point i wrote down nicholas cage is totally and undeniably believable as a robotic engineer slash astrophysicist slash genetic bioengineer <laughs> i had yeah. no no moment of disbelief in that whatsoever um said so, uh later on during the uh experiment accident the demonstration accident i wrote because I didn't quite understand if this is what we were supposed to to be, like we were being told. I wrote, so his son got straight up murdered? Which appears to just be the case. Yeah. He just yeah. dematerialized and, and was sort of vanquished from molecular existence. Technically speaking, mm-hmm. by the president. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it wasn't a crime. <laughs> yeah, we all know that presidents can't commit crimes. That's the thing. Uh huh. I think the uh, lab was called uh, Fifth Avenue. Um, yeah, I wrote down. Oh, okay. So Nick T- Nick Cage turns out to be a huge asshole when he disowns <laughs> his son that he, you know, created a new sentient being, only to say, ah, "I don't really want you anymore. You're not what I hoped you would be." Goodbye, it's like my father. Goodbye, th- <laughs> goodbye, th- <laughs> goodbye, thirteen-year-old dead robot son. Um later on oh i said uh, well i had written this down and then it didn't exactly play out entirely i i wrote this down at the moment where i think it's where they yeah it's it's where he reboots zog and nathan lane is working with the other robot at his place and he's like giving him the pointers and whatnot about the boxing and everything and then zog just like steps on him and kills him well you think he kills him but uh I wrote, there's a lot of robot murder that happens. <laughs> I mean, even that's kind of true. There's not as much robot murder that continues after that as I thought would, but there's a fair amount of robot murder in this. Well, when Zog stepped on that robot, that robot lived through it, remember? He crawls away, right. he does the Looney Tunes thing. 
Right, and he's... A <laughs> couple Looney Tunes moments rele- <laughs> He's relegated forever, because I guess they're not going to fix him or change or whatever to this Don't thing need that to now. E- elevates three inches off of the ground and just <laughs> scoots around in a horrid existence. Um. Yep, okay, that's them all. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, just to wrap up for me, I think the... I sort of mentioned, like, the story was mediocre. I felt like, you know, simple, unsurprising, so it's very middle of the road for me. And I don't know... Ian, I don't know, like, much about the source material. I don't know how much you know, but I don't know... Like, this movie, I guess, was set up as the origin story, and then there's supposed to be... I'm assuming maybe they wanted to make more movies. I I kind of would have liked to see where they went from here and seen what they did with the character, but I don't really know anything about the comics or the, the anime to know if there's more to this character that we didn't see that would have been cool to see. Do you know anything about other I mean, than what we've seen in the movie? Not, in, like, in the general sense. It's more of, like, a thing of the week, like, Power Rangers kind of thing. Okay. Like, here's a new thing for Astro Boy to solve. Like, he ends up... I like the the original telling as a much better origin story. Instead of falling to a planet and doing the Lord of the Fly shit, he ends up in a robot circus. And that's yeah, where okay. he meets Pickle Dick Doctor at the robot circus. Okay. And then, then when he he recruits him. He's like, "Oh, you're you're that dude's son, Tobias is coon." And that's when he recruits him. He's like, "Oh, we can do so many great things with the world. Let's leave the robot circus and go fix the world." And that's what they decide to do: to go out in the world and show that robots aren't slaves, but uh, equal beings to humans. That's actually in the original. Okay. Yeah, I think I actually like that better. Yeah, that be sounds honest. like a movie I would watch. Think about the robot circus. That would have been a lot cooler than the Roman esque gladiator shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so we'll just spin around. If, does anybody? Well, last call, I guess, for anything to add to the movie. Otherwise, we'll do some ratings. That was Asteroid Boy fact number nine. I just have a question <laughs> about the ratings. Are we going to officially rate this as just a movie or as a children's movie? Because I feel like uh, we should clarify because I give it two different ratings based on which I'm looking at. I'm trying to remember. Like, I, I gave it a number, and now I'm trying to figure out, like, where I sort of. I, I think I probably just rated it as a movie. Okay, as a movie, then. At, at least my preference, I guess. If, I, if no, I'm fine with either. I just want to know, so I give you the correct answer. Or what the hell? Just give us both. Okay, yeah. If you, if you. Well, want I don't to want to piss off Ian much. too much about the difference between it and Venom. You know, because if I rate well, it as a actually, children's movie, really about Bloodshot. I'm sure we all will. Yeah, ev- everything so, has to be on the Bloodshot scale now. Yeah, it's a very important scale. Bloodshot, but okay. <laughs> I know what you gave it. Um. All right. Uh, Andy. Rating for the movie, what would you give it out of 10? Uh, I'd probably give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Uh, Josh? Um, my last... My, uh, I'm, I'm going to just sort of stick where I've been. Uh, I think this is getting a 4. Okay. Uh, Mike? Uh, as a movie, 4. Okay. As a children's movie, I'd give it a 7. Okay. Uh, Ian, do you want to go next, or do you want me to save you for last? 6.3 out of 10. Okay. Is that, lost... is that, are we doing movie scale or, or children's movie scale? Or we're doing scale. We're doing scales, because it had a lot of kick-ass explosions. It upset me with the King Kong reference, because King Kong's a shit character. But once again, <laughs> it had a lot of cool explosions, and it, 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 had, it kept true to that allegory of um, robots are slaves, and we should treat them poorly. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, this was, again, middle of the road for me, so I'm going 4.5. Uh, 
all right, so that's where we're going to end Astro Boy. And now is the time when we spin the wheel to decide what we are doing next. So just as a reminder, carrying over from the previous wheels, we still have two franchises, two franchises on the board, Swamp Thing and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The three standalone movies that are carried over, Constantine, uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, and Cowboys and Aliens. Our newest addition to the wheel that takes Astro Boy's spot, uh, which we decided before we recorded, is Watchmen. So, I'm going to queue up the wheel for these guys. Which I have to share my screen Yay, so they can the see wheel. all the shit. It's not there yet, but I'm still happy. The wheel. So, so far, that I, we've put a wheel composition together that I don't... I'm not big on Valerian, but I don't really dislike anything on it right now. Yeah, yeah I still I'm have okay not seen Valerian, so I am, I'm okay with this. What was that, Mike? I'm okay with anything it lands on here. Mm-hmm. No, not yeah. Cowboys and Aliens. You know really? what? That, that, that's kind of fair. That's only... I mean, that would be the last on the list. I've never I think watched that one the deserves Swamp a rewatch. I've only seen Cowboys and Aliens once. I would same. like to watch it again, mm-hmm. so this will give me an excuse to do that. Fair I would enough. like to never watch it. Well, uh, All right, you guys ready? You, get, you can it. see the wheel? Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Right. Spinning the wheel. I like that Josh's make noise. <laughs> that what? Do the, Josh's wheel makes noise. I hear the click, click, yeah. click, 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 click. The sound effect oh, helps. I apparently click, forgot click, to do click, the sound. Click, I forgot click, to bring the sound over. Click, that's that's oh, on me. Click. Yeah. All right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's a good one. So thought, I thought Ian was going to get his wish. It was very close. I did too, but it this is our close. first uh, series. So can I get yeah. True. Yeah, first franchise. Uh, some specifics on this. Which... All of them, or what's this? Is well, the this first is what one. we're doing yeah, it one movie at a time. To... <laughs> so we are starting. We're going to start with the first Ninja Turtles movie, which would be the first live action from 1990. Right. Um, and then the f- Turtles are going to stay on the wheel. So we're basically going to spin the same wheel next time. And if Turtles hits again, then we watch Secret of the Use. Okay. So, so, so they figured... stay on the wheel until they complete. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Even if it's the MCU that ends up on there. Yes. yes. Okay. Just so that when we hit the MCU, we're not doing 26 movies of MCU. We're going to spice it up in a row. and still get yeah. a variety in there. Oh, no, no. I, just, I thought you were going to like let a movie get hit on, let a series get hit on the wheel and then take it off until it got spun back onto the wheel. Well, the only thing with that oh, is wow. like my, my reasoning is that if it leaves the wheel, who knows when the fuck it's going to come back. So right. then you, if it's three years since we've watched the movie, which still could happen, but at least it gives us a better chance to try to continue what we've started. Okay. Instead of fair. just have like 10 yeah, different franchises that are all started but never chance. finished. That's fine. So that's that's the the general thought process, I guess, there. The important thing is just to make sure the MCU never gets on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I think I'm, I'm satisfied with that. So Very. yeah. Because this is one I know I've Who seen like the turtles? probably in the last 10 years. Like, I think the last time I watched it, probably, Josh, was that time we went to the Oaks and saw it. I think it was the double billing with that and that, Batman. Batman. Yeah, it, and that was probably, what, six, seven years ago? Yeah. It's, it's been a minute. Uh, for me, it's yeah. about two years. The Oaks did a Ninja Turtles pizza night, actually, about two years ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. So nice. where one ticket got you all the pizza you could eat, and they put the turtles on. 
I'm very curious to see if this actually holds up. I feel like I remember it did, but again, I, I that was years think ago. So all these years later, I think this first one still really holds up. Uh, I, I think it's we... a movie that, yeah. like, you get as a kid, you're like, okay, it's turtles, it's in a movie. But I think as an adult, you appreciate this movie a lot more and what it's trying to do. Yeah, I, this, this was when I was I've been looking forward to talking about for a, for a while. This is this is great. But I think at the same time, I don't know if any of the jokes still land. Yeah, that's we're gonna see if it's real okay. dated as far yeah. as that is concerned. Well, I don't know. I don't know if the jokes landed back in the '90s, like when you're <laughs> not a kid. Like I don't think the jokes make sense in any context. Well, this, yeah, because I mean, the first one was a lot darker than anything they did yeah. after that. So that's why it's I'm so trying good. to remember if it's actually trying to be funny. There's there definitely are comedic moments, but it's not. I don't think it's it's not meant to be. Like, that's I mean, they, a comedy or a kid. I mean, I, I, they know, tell I know a joke term, more than once. I, I know the term Broadzilla pops up at some point. Yep. <laughs> so that's in there. It's a thing. All right. Well, we know what to look forward to the next time. Um, last plug. Any, you guys got anything else you want to you want to put in here before we do spiel at the end here? Mike, anything you want to plug for Twitch? I, Nothing I'm, else? I'm streaming on Twitch again. What are you doing okay. this month? Yeah, I didn't know if you had any other right. games well, you I'm, scheduled I mean, I'm, I'm on doing tap or anything. A lot of horror games, but we're also Fridays are going to be Fallout Fridays. So starting this Friday with New Vegas. Oh, you're not going all the way back? Back, back, back. No, I'm doing ones that I haven't played. The last one I played was three. Oh, I meant one. No, no, no. No, I'm saying like I'm picking up where I left off kind of years Okay, ago. gotcha. Um, so I'm going to do New Vegas uh, starting this Friday. Tomorrow, which by the time this is out, people won't know that but tomorrow night i'm gonna yeah, play true. a game called dark fracture prologue and a game called sweet 776 both horror games both short um basically free games i think i spent four dollars combined on the two of them so okay you know when you play well, four dollars they're not free i'm sorry what was that <laughs> well one of them was free one of them was four dollars i think i can't remember which though what'd you say ian what are you playing five night at freddy's um, I did not have that one planned, but I also don't have most of the month planned at this point. <laughs> I, I just play, that, I mean, that's the streamer horror game from yeah, from years ago. Yeah, they did I'm announce sure a new sequel though, didn't they? Uh, they've already got like six of them, so sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that, like just recently they announced another one's coming out. I mean, I've never even played one of them, so I, you know, mm-hmm. my my plan is kind of like Bloodborne, Last of Us Two, and then maybe Alien Isolation at some point as well. Okay. Um, Is well, Bloodborne a horror thing? Yes. Vampires, yeah. werewolves, Lovecraftian creatures. Body oh, horror. Okay. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Did not, did body not horror. That. Yes, body horror. All right, yeah. So keep an eye out for Rare Achievements on Twitch. Yeah. Um, and if you've enjoyed us, show us some support. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to give us a share on social media. You can follow or subscribe. Keep up with the show. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Search Bright Guy and Super Friends or go to Facebook.com slash Superfriends. You can send us questions, comments, topic suggestions there. You can find us on Twitter at BG Superfriends. You can try to email us, Superfriends at gmail.com. I won't check it. It's there just to have a placeholder. Uh, and also, I guess you can find me on Twitch also, uh, Jedi Bry Guy. That's where we did the live show. At some point, we will probably do other live shows that will end up there, so we'll keep you posted on that. But if you want to follow in the meantime, that's where I'm at. 
it, Brian, and one, one list, quick, quick last note, since we actually yeah. mentioned it again on that uh, Twitch broadcast last time, uh, we had brought up our Fast and Furious horror movie packed again. Yes. And uh, I know this episode will probably, people will probably be hearing it after part two of the 200th. And so Correct. it's, it's going to be a little bit down the road, but just so listeners know, Within a couple days of us recording what you're listening to right now, Brian and I will be sitting down to watch and record episodes for our next Fast and Furious challenge and Cabin in the Woods. The movie and kicks ass. Hopefully, we can get Cabin in the Woods out by like the end of the month for Halloween if if we can make the timing. But yeah, that is that is finally coming soon. So my my plan was just to hit. You know, sometime in October, since we're doing it, I'll, I'll do the part two next. We'll do this this episode after that. Mm-hmm. After this episode, we'll probably be Cabin in the Woods. Nice. Just so I can try to get it out in October. Sure. And then Fast and Furious will go in the bag. We'll, we'll if I have an off week or something, at least that'll be done and ready to go at some point. So you'll hear that eventually. But yeah, yeah the next three probably will be uh, 200 part two, which you've at this point already heard. Uh, this one, our... Rewind Theater for Astro Boy, and then uh, Cabin in the Woods is what I have sort of planned out. Did, did you uh, date, say which I don't know, fast? But that's, that's what's coming. This is what's that? Be? Did you say which fast this was going to be? Fast five. Five. It's the best one. I, my my plan for Josh, and I've mentioned it before. Not entirely wrong. I'm trying to get the highlights of Fast and the Furious because I know he's not going to care if we try to do all eight. So I'm trying to hit the highlights, which to me is one, four, five, six. If we want to watch more than that, or if there's something else we can agree on after that, then you know we'll try to do seven and eight. Two and three are the by far the worst, in my opinion. What, what about what about Hobbs and Shaw? If we want to go that far, I guess that is also an option. But that one is also terrible. It it, it depends on what I can get Brian to agree to watch. Because that's I, that's the yeah that's the deciding factor. It's how, a trade off. How much? Yes. How, how dark am I willing to go down this hole? To watch horror stuff, he's taking it really and, light on you so yeah, far. Yeah, and, and, and which we, is which is we're fair. trying to pick yeah. like actual like enjoyable quality stuff, things that might still have elements that aren't really his bag, but are good. You should totally throw good him in with selections the last house from on the, the left genre original anyway. movie, the original Last House on the Left. That's what. Oh God, no, 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 no. So <laughs> Brian in, the, in with that one next. No, I value you him have to as watch Tokyo Drift. Too, so I don't. He like has to watch Last House on the Left. It's an equal trade. It's that's the thing. I'm not putting Tokyo Drift <laughs> on the list. So if we can avoid, if we're trying to save each other here, I I don't know if I want to watch Last House on the Left again. So oh no, it, I never did <laughs> see that. Again. Um, but no, it looks like we got a, a a good slate coming over the next couple episodes. Yeah, and somewhere in there, either probably probably before Fast Five, we will fit in. Ninja Turtles. So that will yes. probably be the next four-ish. Yeah. Unless something major happens in the next, you know, month, month and a half, because that'll probably be the time limit somewhere if we're doing it. Well, I guess we're doing it weekly, maybe the next four weeks. Um, so the next month-ish. I don't know if something's going to pop up worth talking about news-wise. I know there's probably some stuff we could we could make a news episode for. I think there's a couple highlights to do. I mean, most of it's all about, just movies being pushed back further and further a lot and of further. It. Yeah. But I mean, like, there's some Disney Plus stuff that they've shown and talked about that is worth talking about. I think at some point, but uh, yeah. So you know, we'll we'll see. It's some of it's up in the air, but that for me, that's probably the next string of episodes that I know we're going to do. Everything else might be uh, spur of the moment. 
uh, yeah, so that's it for us. On behalf of Ian, Josh, Mike, Andy, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Onward and upward, Simple Nation.